I started thinking and back as we started the month of November that, uh, and you've heard me say this before and I'll say it again, but uh, it, I just think it's, this is just Mike's take on it, okay? Is that I just think it's a shame that uh, because we get caught up in the commercial, uh, all that buying and getting and all that kind of stuff that we've really lost sight of what uh, Christmas is about and especially what Thanksgiving's about. It's like we just can't wait to, till, till Thursday night so we can go shopping. And, and we've lost sight. Now, I understand this is not a, a religious, quote, religious holiday, but I guess it is to come to agree because the very first Thanksgiving uh, was a time that they set aside to give thanks to God. And, and, and we've lost sight of that. We're just so busy. Let's get to the where we get to get the presents and all that. And we forgot to be thankful. So uh, the last few Wednesdays, we've been going through the Psalms. And uh, we started with Psalm 146. Uh, and we'll continue uh, going to the month of uh, November and, and maybe even uh, first part of December uh, they're the Hallelujah Psalms, 146 all the way to 150. They're Hallelujah Psalms, or uh, actually in Hebrew it would be Hallelujah, because uh, in the Hebrew uh, at the end it's J-A-H, which means Jehovah. So actually what you're saying is praise Jehovah, praise Jehovah, praise ye the Lord. And so we see the Psalms here, and uh, tonight we're going to pick up where we left off last Wednesday, okay? And so you're in, find, uh, opening your Bibles, your apps, whatever you're using to, to get the Word, and you're going to be turning to Psalms 147, and you're going to be starting in verse number 12. And if you had to put a title on this evening's message, it's going to be a very simple title, I Am Thankful. I am thankful. And I thought about that. And uh, you say, well, you know, there's so much we can be thankful for. You, you could be like those two turkeys that got in a fight. Maybe you've heard the story. These two turkeys got in the fight. And uh, the outcome of that was one of the turkeys knocked the stuffing out of the other one. <laughs> now, you're saying, I don't know about that one. Miss Bobby Fight gave me that, okay? So she gets credit for that. Good or bad, it's her fault, okay? So <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny at, uh, a little bit there. But uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. And here, just a quick, quick review. We uh, saw that uh, 146 and 147th Psalm were songs that were probably sung at the dedication of the rebuilding uh, of the Second Temple. Okay, and uh, they had a lot to be praising for and to be thankful for. And we also uh, found out uh, that the two prophets were instrumental. The Septuagint uh, says that Haggai um, uh, and uh, Zechariah are probably the ones that wrote these psalms. And so with that understanding, we're going to pick up in verse number 12, and we're going to see some things that we can be thankful for. The psalmist is going to help us. And he's going to show us three things that we can be thankful for. 
So if you have your Bibles, you're in verse number 12 of the 147th Psalm. This is what the word reads. Praise the Lord, or hallelujah, O Jerusalem, praise thy God, O Zion, for he hath strengthened uh, the bars of thy gates, and he hath blessed thy children within thee. It's the first thing that uh, the psalmist helps us to to be uh, thankful for is we're to be thankful for protection. We're thankful for protection. Now, here's the setting. The, The temple has been rebuilt, but the walls were still in ruin. We know that because Nehemiah has not stepped into the scene because Nehemiah is the one that built the walls back, okay? And so here, the temple uh, has been rebuilt, but there's no walls or no protection around about them. Well, the psalmist was encouraging the people, hey, that's okay, God will take care of our protection. Do you understand tonight that your protection comes from God? And, and, and we, uh, as a nation, we have been protected, and I really truly believe with all my heart it's because the protective hand of the Lord Jesus has been on us and has protected us. But then we start to look and we see... Uh, if you, uh, Jesus, Jesus is our protector, okay? Now, how do we know that? Because he's referred to in Scripture as the good shepherd, right? In Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, David here, who wrote that psalm, uh, came to realize that the Lord was his shepherd, and because of that, he had need of nothing. Tonight, we need to know if the Lord Jesus is your good shepherd, you have need of nothing. He's provided everything you need, including your protection. And so here's the picture. Uh, Jesus also made reference that he was the door, right? So the door, in our mindset, and to where we're living, uh, the door is something we come through, something that we lock at night, something that uh, we can go in and out of. But the door here, in the, in the mindset going back to the times of Jesus, the good shepherd, and when the shepherd would have his flock, uh, and they were bedding them down at night. If he could, he would find a place. Uh, of course, Israel is a very rocky place. And a good shepherd would look for a safe place for his sheep to bed down at night. Okay? So many times they would find, and it would be rocks around, and kind of be like a U-shape, if you will. And there was only one way that you could get in and one way that you could get out. Okay, now watch this. A good shepherd, after he got his flock safely in, he will lie there at the door of the foe. And the reason why he would be at the door was because he was protecting his sheep. That's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. When he saved our soul and that he came in us and we are in him, if we abide in him and he abides in us, then we're understanding that the good shepherd is going to watch over us and his protective hand is going to be round about us. I don't know about you tonight, but we got something 
something to be thankful for. We have the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will protect you and will keep you and will keep you until the end. I want you to know that's something to shout about. That's something to be thankful for. If you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, your salvation is not kept by how well you perform, but your salvation is kept by the one who provided that for you, the Lord Jesus Christ. He keeps his sheep. He keeps him under protection. He will take care of you. And then we also see many times over, many of you could get up and testify to the night that you were in a situation that now you look back and say, oh, I don't understand how I got out of that one. But now I do understand it was the protective hand of God ran about me. I'm going to tell you a quick story. My brother and I, we worked together. And uh, we would, uh, of course, we were younger. And uh, we had tendencies to stay up too late at night. And so we were coming and it was in the winter time. And you know how it is when it's good and cold and, and all that. And then you get into a warm car you, you get kind of like, especially if you stayed up all night, and I'm not telling you why we stayed up all night, but anyway, uh, we stayed up all night, and you get a little sleepy. You all know what I'm talking about? Like some of you are doing right now. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, so we were, both of us, and the sun was coming through the window, and both of us nodded off. And we're driving down the road, Gallatin Road, coming out of Gallatin, going to Hendersonville. And both of us nodded off, and about the same time, we kind of, you know how you do when you, okay? And we were in the medium fixing to go into oncoming traffic. Now, Brother Mike, y'all were lucky. No, no, my dear friend, God protected us that day. Do you understand tonight, and I believe this with all my heart, that you have ministering angels round about you that are protecting you, and many times you're not even aware that they're protecting you? God is a good shepherd. God takes care of His flock. And so here we see the psalmist reminds us that we are uh, protected and we have something to shout about. But I want you to notice here, it talks about, uh, we've already made reference to uh, the, the walls here. In Zechariah chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, it tells us, and of course, Zechariah is uh, foretelling. He, he's a prophet, and he's saying this is what's going to come later on. Look at verse number 14. He says, And he maketh uh, peace in the borders, and he filleth thee with the, the, uh, with, with the finest of, uh, of the wheat. Uh, what is he saying here in these verses is in Zechariah, it says there's coming a time. He's talking about the new Jerusalem now. Even though Zechariah didn't understand that, but we know that's what he was referring to, is that there will be a time when the new Jerusalem, there will be no longer, the walls will be their protection, but God will be their protector. That's what he's talking about here. We, we see that there are towns without walls. And then he goes on and says, but there will be a wall of fire. God is going to protect us. And I believe of all of my heart, if we continue in the path that we're going in, God's protective hand will be removed from our nation. I believe that of all my heart. We may be there now. Now, here go. Okay, what are you, what are you talking about? Have you 
Notice how many national disasters that have happened just in recent times. It seems to be an escalation of that. I mean, are y'all seeing it? I mean, do you see? I really believe that the protective hand, if he has not been removed, he will remove it. Why? Because of our disobedience. And so here we can say as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm thankful because God will provide my protection for me. But I want you to look at verses 15 to 18. And we're going to see he starts to talk about the weather now. We're going to see his purposes. We can be grateful and thankful because of his purposes. Listen to what he says. He says, and he sent it forth his commandment upon the earth. And his word runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool, and he scattereth the horn frost like ashes. And he casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? Now, we see here he's describing wintertime. And so he says, God is in control of the weather. You do understand that, right? I don't care what the weather channel says. They cannot predict the weather. Now, they try to make an attempt to it. And sometimes they'll say, this is it, this is it. Remember, you get your alerts four days before the storm of the century is going to come. You know, there's going to be flooding rains. Go ahead, go to high ground. Go ahead and put the sandbags around you. It's going to be torrential rains. It's going to be flooding like you've never seen before. And that day they said it's going to happen. We get a ha- not even a half an inch of rain. Okay, you know, so, uh, what, what is, I believe, I believe, and here's it. This is Mike's take on it. I believe God's sitting up there and he says, I guess I'll have to show him again who's in control of this. I mean, can you not say, I don't believe that. Well, how can you prove that? That's not so. I'm telling you, God is in control of the weather. He's control of everything that goes on in our lives. God knows what he's doing. And so here he says, and he gives an illustration about the winter. He talks about the snow. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. When I started reading these scriptures, I already went into a state of depression. I do not like wintertime. I do not like it cold. I do not like snow. But Brother Mike, it's so pretty. It's nasty. When that stuff starts to smelt and you can't drive in it, and, and you slop it in your house, and, and, and after about a day, you're tired of it as well. I, I just don't like wintertime, okay? But here, he's describing winter. He says, winter will start. I started thinking about that, and I thought about the seasons. Now, in the Middle Tennessee area, we are uh, so blessed to have the different seasons. We have spring. I like spring. Summer. I like summer. Fall. I'm not, I'm starting to get a little depressed because I know what comes after fall, winter. Okay. But then I started thinking, you know, we have seasons of our lives. Now, young people, you're in the springtime. 
Oh, man, everything's alive. Everything's happening. I mean, you know, you don't have any worries. Uh, your parents have slipped you some money. And you got money in your wallet and you got you a car and you got all kinds of things. And man, you got all kinds of energy and, you know, everything's happy. And, and boy, I, you know, this life is just wonderful. I'm telling you, some, uh, summer's fixing to come around, but I'm telling you, the winter's going to be here before you know it. Now, some of us are in the winter. Oh, I, I know, you're, you're supposed to be thankful. Now, I'm, I'm talking about you're in the winter season of your life. Thanks, Brother Mike. Got any more encouraging words? But that's just the way it is, right? And, and, and many times, we're, many of us are in the winter time. So you know what happens. The next season, <laughs> you're going to be up there, Right? And, and, and so, well, okay, but that ought to be an exciting time. I mean, some of us, you know, we, our bodies are kind of decaying. And, and, you know, we're slowing down and we hurt everywhere. I like to tell people that if uh, me and Donna have to make sure we don't get up at the same time, because if we get up at the same time, uh, Rebecca and them are thinking that something's falling in at the house because our bones are going to be popping at the same time and it's going to make a horrible noise. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Sounds like popcorn going off. And about 15 minutes later, you better straighten out and you say, whew, glad I got through that one. I mean, everything hurts, and we just, you know, we just are not able to do the things that we wanted to do. But do you know what? God still has a purpose even in your winter season. God can still use you in your winter season. And so he says there's a purpose for him bringing the winter. But notice he talks about the cold. Who can stand against his cold? Now watch this. Some of us go through winter not because of our age. Some of us go through the winter season because we've gotten away from God. And we've gotten cold. We say things like, I just hadn't heard from God lately. And there's times when He is silent, and that doesn't mean that He's left you, but there's other times when you're not hearing from Him because you've gotten cold and indifferent to Him. And things that used to perk you up no longer are perking you up. You're going through a season of winter in your spiritual life. But you can still be thankful for that because God still has a purpose for you. When I think about the cold, I think about how we want to get warm. And oh, there's times when God, and watch this, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, He does not want you to stay in the winter season of your spiritual life. He wants to warm you up and He wants you to get back in the summer of your season to be hot for God like you used to be hot for God. God is still trying to reach you and God is still wanting to use you you and here's what you can be thankful for even when you're going through the winter season God can reveal himself to you and remind you that he has a purpose and a plan for your life and so he says there's the winter time but then he says but winter will end aren't you glad that when we go through those winter those, those times when we've gotten cold, aren't you glad that there will come a time when that will end? 
It will. If you continue to press on, God will stop the winner. And He will reveal Himself new and afresh to you. But I'm going to go ahead and give some words of encouragement to those who, who physically are in that winter season. God will put an end to that. But when He puts an end to that, that's really only the beginning for you. Because when your winter stops, that means the spring will begin. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And say, well, Brother Mike, I'm just not ready to have my winter to end. And I'm not saying I'm jumping up and down, says, Lord, take me now, take me now. But if He does, that's okay. What I'm saying is, that's time when we find ourselves in that winter, that's not time to back up on God, and that's not time to get sour and grumpy and have a poor attitude. That should be some of the most exciting times of your life. You're going to know, uh, like Paul says, Lord, if you want to go ahead and take me, I win, but if you choose to leave me down here, I still win. See, you win with Jesus Christ, no matter if you're here or no matter if you're there, okay? And so he says we are to be thankful. What are we to be thankful for? We're thankful for His purposes. God has a purpose and plan for our life. Now, very quickly, we're going to move on. Look at verse, starting with verse number 18, going to verse number 20. We're going to see the privileges. He says, now He sent it out, His, uh, his Word, and He, uh, and he, and he melted them. Uh, not only did He melt them, but uh, He went ahead and caused His wind to blow and the waters to flow. And he showeth his word unto uh, Jacob, his statues and his judgments uh, unto Israel. Now the key here is to Israel. Now watch this. This is something we can be thankful for. We can be thankful for the privileges that we have. But notice here the psalmist is telling the, the children of Israel that they have some privileges. Now look at verse number 20 and he says, And he hath not dealt so with any nation. Okay, did you catch that? He said he has not dealt so with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. So what's the psalmist saying? The psalmist, first of all, is reminding them that God has made a covenant with Israel. Okay? We go all the way back to Abraham, even before Abraham. He made a covenant with Israel. We talked about it this morning in class. And the covenant that he made with Israel is that he made a covenant that he has not made to any other nation in this world. Only Israel has received this covenant. That's the reason why we better be very careful on how we treat the nation of Israel. I'm telling you, we were on a path where God was going to judge us because we were getting away to the fact that we were not blessing Israel. And the Bible is quite clear on this. The nation that blesses Israel will be a nation that will be blessed. Do you understand tonight? We live in a nation that has been blessed because we've been a blessing to Israel. And the reason why is because God made a covenant with Israel. And you can go ahead and like 
like it or not, but I'm just telling you, he didn't make the covenant with the United States. He didn't make a covenant with Great Britain. He didn't make the covenant with Spain. He made this covenant with Israel and Israel alone. And because of that, we have to keep keeping our eyes upon the nation of Israel because God will fulfill the covenant that he made with them. He's going to do it. And so, no, 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 notice, he says that he has blessed them. Now, uh, he says uh, that uh, the, you came out now, Haggai, Haggai in chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. He says, remember the covenant that he made with you when you came out of Egypt? And the Bible says there in Haggai 2, he says, and his spirit will remain with you. Israel. God speaking said, they're the apple of my eye. They are his chosen people. And God is going to... Now, that's the reason why it's important for us to watch what's going on there in Israel. Not for political measures, but because of biblical measures. God says, even though they violated and they rejected the covenant I made with them... I will keep my end of the bargain. And that's the reason why when he comes back, now I'm talking about the second coming, I'm not talking about the rapture. When he comes back the second time, that's where he goes. He goes back to Israel where it all began. And he says, I kept my covenant with you. I kept my promise to you. And God has made a covenant with us individually. When you came to realize you were in need of a Savior, and you called upon the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, you repented of your sins, you confessed your sin, and you said, I'll live for you, I want you to be my master and my Savior. God says, okay. Here's what I'll do for you. I will keep you until that day. Your salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. That's something to be thankful for. Now watch this. Just like the nation of Israel, we haven't always kept our end of the bargain, have we? We have failed Him. We've denied Him. But the Bible tells us that every time we come and ask for forgiveness of our sins, He's just and faithful to forgive us every single time. That's the wonderful, marvelous grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's something to be thankful for. When you mess things up, God still upholds His bargain. When you come to Him repentance, He's always the faithful to forgive you. And I don't know about you tonight, but we have been given a wonderful privilege to be called the children of God. What a wonderful privilege it is to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm telling you, we have a lot to be thankful for tonight. We're thankful for our protection. We're thankful for His purpose that's going to be worked out in our life. And we're thankful for having the wonderful privilege to be able to be called a child of the King. I don't know about you. That's the reason why we ought to be thankful every day, not just Thanksgiving Day. We have a lot to be thankful for.
But I started looking at this, and the psalmist, of course, wasn't seen on down the road. But do you understand? The Bible says there's coming a day that we're going to see Jesus face to face. The Bible goes on and says this. After we're raptured out, and I believe it's before the tribulation period, when we're raptured out, and then when He comes the second time, we're coming with Him. And that's when He's going to sit foot down. He says, okay, it's over. It's done. And the thousand-year millennial reign will begin. And we're going to be a part of that. Boy, it gets even better, though. After Satan's been loose for just a little while, the Bible tells us there's coming a day when he will cast death into hell and Satan and all his demonic forces and we will never ever have to deal with him ever again. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful to know not because of my name, but because of the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we have that wonderful privilege to be able to say, I'm a child of the King. And you can go ahead and people can ridicule you and people will say, well, you sure don't act like one. He says, well, you know what? Maybe I don't. There's some areas I need to improve in. But I'm just letting you know what Jesus Christ did for me is not based on how well I perform for you. But my salvation is secure because I have received the sacrifice that Jesus provided for me. And Jesus took care of my salvation. And the Bible says, Jesus speaking here, He says, if you're in my hand, no one can pluck you out of it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is there something we can be thankful for tonight? Oh, there's a whole lot we can be thankful for. But most of all, we can be thankful for our salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be here tonight. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about your names on uh, the membership row. I'm not talking about that you walked through the baptism waters. I'm not talking about that you came down to this altar and you said a prayer with one of the deacons or you might even grabbed a hand of a preacher. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, have you true had a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If not not you tonight, then we're going to give you opportunity. And I'm going to tell you, if you're not saved and you come down here and you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you, you'll be thankful for all of your days. If nothing else goes right and nothing else you'll think that God hadn't done for you, you can rest in the fact that He saved my soul and I can thank Him until the day I die forever and forever. Just the sure fact that I'm not going to hell, but I'm going to live in heaven in a perfect body with perfect people, praising and worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords for all eternity. But maybe you're here tonight. You're securing your salvation. But you just, uh, be honest, you haven't been thanking Him enough. Sometimes our prayer life is like a laundry list. Okay, Lord, here's what you need to do for me today. What if you just come to Him and say, Lord, no strings attached tonight. Jesus... I don't want anything. I just want to love on you and to thank you. I think he'd be pleased with that. 
And you have a lot to be thankful for, especially if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus. This invitation for you. Maybe you just need to come and thank Him. Thank Him for your family that's been saved. Thank you that He's uh, uh, saved you. Thank you that He's given you good health. Thank you that He's given you a job to, that you can go to. Thank Him that you have grandchildren they are growing up and they're coming to know the Lord Jesus. There's a whole lot we can be thankful for tonight. And that's our invitation.